Good morning. My name is Brian Clymer. I'm a lay member here at Lord of Grace, and I'm giving the last sermon or homily before Pastor Lars returns from his sabbatical next week. This morning, I wanted to share with you some thoughts about our scripture reading. When I say the word church, what comes to your mind? What image appears to you? Is it a building, perhaps the first church you remember as a child growing up? For me, I think of a classical church building with steps leading up to the doors, pillars in front, together with a tall steeple. And the funny thing is, the church I went to as a boy looked nothing like that. Isn't it interesting that our gospel readings today tell us that God uses the image of a vineyard to describe the church, the people of God. The psalm wasn't read today, but Psalm 80, verses 8 and 9 says, God brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it. It took deep root and filled the land. Isaiah chapter 5, verses 1 to 2, which we heard this morning, says, let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it. He expected it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. All of that hard work and then disappointment. Matthew 21 verse 33 describes a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. And notice how that language echoes what we heard in Isaiah 5, verses 1 to 2. The landowner leased it to the tenants and went to another country. And then things took a nasty turn. With Jesus concluding, therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. What was so important about vines and vineyards to the people of Israel? Well, the Holman Bible Dictionary gives us some insights. Number one, while ancient Israel grew different types of plants that produce vines, like melons and cucumbers, the word vine in the Bible almost always refers to the grapevine or vineyard. The climate in ancient Israel was well-suited for growing of vineyards. The Bible traces the origin of caring for vineyards to the time of Noah, Genesis 9, verse 20. Noah, a man of the soil, was the first to plant a vineyard. The planting and care of a vineyard requires constant and intensive work, as described in our reading today from Isaiah. Remember those words, constant and intensive. Those words make sense because we are talking about agriculture in a dry climate, and we are familiar with dry climates. Stone walls and or hedges are usually built around the vineyard to protect the grapes from thirsty animals and from thieves, which Remember the verse that we didn't hear from Psalms, which describes God knocking down the wall of the vineyard so that all who pass may pluck its fruit and the boar from the forest may ravage it 
and all that move in the field feed uh, on it. A description of a vineyard gone bad. Vines had to be pruned to produce stronger branches and yield greater fruit. But the pruned branches were useless, except as fuel. Vineyards were considered so important that a man who planted one was exempt from military service. In the New Testament, Jesus often used vineyards as an analogy for the kingdom of God. Remember the parable we heard several weeks ago about the laborers in the vineyards who come at different times to work, but who are all paid the same wages? Or the two sons from last week's reading, the one who says he will go work in the vineyard and the other who actually does. As the Gospel of John notes, Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. So how does this image of vines and vineyards help us today to see our role as the people of God? It can be a challenge because we don't live in an agrarian society. Few of us, if any, have worked in a vineyard. Some of us don't even like to work in the yard. But even for those of us who are agriculturally challenged, the image of the church, the people of God as vines, and being part of a vineyard is a powerful one. It reminds us that the church is not an inanimate object. It's not a building. It is a living being created by God. It reminds us that we are connected to each other and that together we can produce good fruit. And if we remember what I said earlier about planting in care of a vineyard requiring constant and intensive work, it reminds us that as the people of God, we have work to do. But work, which if we perform together and support each other, changes from being a solitary burden to a communal joy. So what is the state of our vineyard today? When Isaiah asked this question to the people of God in the period from 742 to 700 BC, the people of God had split into two kingdoms of Judah and Israel, and they were in a constant conflict over theological and social issues. There was geo, uh, geopolitical power struggles going on between great empires. Hmm. That sounds familiar. Isaiah confronted the people of God with the words from God that we've heard this morning. What more was there to do for my vineyard than I have not done in it? When I expected it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? It was a plea to the people of God to remember the gifts and love that God had shown them and to do the hard work of producing good fruit or to face dire consequences. I'm no prophet, nor am I a geopolitical pundit, and this morning is neither the time nor the place to address the conflicts in our world. However, as a member of Lord of Grace, I've been a worker in our vineyard and would like to share with you what I've seen over the past few years from my side of the vineyard. We've had challenges, the pandemic, I remember my grandmother who lived to be 100 years old and whose mind was sharp as a tack 
to the very end, telling me about her experiences in the flu uh, uh, pandemic of 1917 and 1918. I remember watching a TV show about it, but never, never did I expect to experience one myself. And yet we did. And what a toll, what a toll it took on us. We became separated and divided. We lost our connection to each other. We lost members, and those losses are still deeply felt. And yet, we adapted to the challenges. We streamed our services. When it was appropriate, we held services outside, and we overcame our challenges. We had a successful capital campaign in the midst of a pandemic. This allowed us to renovate our church buildings, and today, we are worshiping in a redecorated sanctuary. We have reconnected with each other. Tim Murphy resurrected our men's Bible study. My wife and daughter are part of a Zoom group that meets a Sunday morning of women to support each other. While some of our former members have not returned, we have seen a number of new visitors with children. Friends and members join us in worship and in being God's hands in the world. They are new branches, new vines, and they have produced good fruit. We've had challenges from our changing local community. While the pandemic totally disrupted our lives, our community faced challenges before March of 2020. We've had dynamic local growth, but pockets of poverty within our neighborhoods the increasing trend where people are more agnostic or atheist. We've had polarization where extreme voices grow louder and louder and anger and resentment are stoked by a 24-hour news cycle. So how did we respond? We did some strategic planning and led by Richard Green, it has yielded good fruit. We have a clear mission statement, love God, open our hearts and minds, live graciously toward all. It gives us direction on the way we should go. In connection with committees of the church, we develop goals to achieve our mission and set measurable milestones. We are moving forward into the future with a purpose and a plan. We certainly don't have a plan to solve all of these problems in the next five years or even longer, but we will be working in the vineyard to make our community better We've had challenges with Pastor Lars' sabbatical. Our lay leadership wisely provided Pastor Lars with the opportunity to take a sabbatical. I was happy for Lars, but apprehensive about how things would go in his absence. Cindy Stein mentions in her Pastor's Pen article in this month's newsletter that others in the congregation shared that worry. I can't imagine the pressure our council president, Linda Merritt, felt and our council leaders felt as Pastor Lars' sabbatical approached. But the good news is that the workers in the vineyard, that's us, we worked hard and through God's grace, we produced good fruit. Cindy mentions in her article and describes the spiritual growth she saw in our people during the sabbatical. She saw people who faced difficulties overcome their fear by prayer and trust in God. 
She saw people learn they could do things they were afraid to do before, but learn God was with them through it all. And this confirms what Sue Justice told us several weeks ago in her homily. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the call. Remember when Pastor Lars left on sabbatical? We were still worshiping in the fellowship hall. But thanks to the hard work by people like Sam Lith, we completed the renovation of the sanctuary in Pastor Lars' absence. And here we are. People stepped up to lead Sunday worship and deliver a message of God's grace and gifts to us. Cindy heard people say, hey, we're all doing this church thing pretty well. How exciting to see God working through all of us. And of course, of course, we were very fortunate to have Pastor Jim do lead us in worship and deliver sermons that helped us see scripture in new ways. So, what do you see? What do you see from your side of the vineyard? I'll tell you what I see. I see church members making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches after church to feed the hungry. I see members connecting with vulnerable school children and their families in Marana to enrich their lives. I see men who connect with each other on a deeper spiritual basis through Bible studies. I see people who worship God with joy. I see people who mourn their losses, but who persevere with the comfort and support of each other. In conclusion, if there is just one thing to remember from this message today, I hope it is this. The church is like a vineyard, and we are workers in that vineyard, and together with hard work and with God's grace, we can produce good fruit. I know all of that is true because I have seen it here with my own eyes. Thanks be to God. Amen.